0: For some reason, it it just irritates me when she just slanders our vans like that. They are good vans. They've got another 100,000 miles on them. I will say they, they pulled up to youth camp and they're like, oh, man, we're so thankful to see the orange vans again year after year after year what, what the story behind the vans are they were one we had a white one a gray one and a green one and uh, they all started rusting out and the tops of them looked hideous so uh, we started picking color schemes when we were building the new building there was orange and uh, somebody said you know what i'd love to pay to get the vans painted to make them look good and i was like really and they're like yeah so we we sent them to mako and got like the 600 hundred dollar paint job on them we're like we'll take burnt orange please that way, when they rust, we won't know it, and it's not as visible and ugly. So that is literally why the vans are orange, because of the underlying rust in them. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm considering buying a, a different one, but, you know, for something you only use a few times a year, it's like, okay, we can bless the city, we can help the poor and all that stuff, or we can buy a new van, and the youth are like, please, new vans, new vans, new vans. Supposedly, they say I made this deal that if they get 70 kids in youth group, we'll buy a charter bus. I... I think that was put in my mouth, but I'll do, we'll, we'll, we'll just pray the Lord will do that. So, so anyway, uh, we have looked at them, but it comes with a whole lot of things. Um, feels like I was supposed to do something else, but I don't remember. Is it, uh, Nicole left, and I do not uh, feels like I was supposed to say something. Oh, well. Everybody say two weeks. Two weeks. Two weeks is church on the lawn, all right? We got Christian Brothers barbecue food truck, and we've got—is Brittany Reed in here? Brittany in here? Well, I, we have some taco truck. I forget. Anyway, it's all covered. We've we've paid for it. It's all covered. So we got food trucks. We got Kona ice. And uh, this is a time for us to be family. The heart of this is to just let us eat together, to dine together, to share and break bread together, have fun. But we're also use this opportunity. We we. You think today was loud, like we go real loud and we broadcast it throughout the city and bless the city and pray for the city and honor the city and uh, we we celebrate. We thank Jesus in the whole process. And uh, so I'm telling you now, you have two weeks to get all your friends, family and neighbors here, all right? Because we are gonna share the gospel message and invite them to the eternal gift of salvation and lead them to Jesus. So please get your friends, family, neighbors and enemies here, all right, get them here. Everybody say four weeks. I think it's four. It might be five. Either way, I think it's around the 29th. I don't know if there's five Sundays or what, but Peter Lewis from Upper Room Dallas will be here um, in Braveheart Ministries. So, really excited to have him and our connection to to our growing connection to Upper Room Dallas and what's happening there uh, with our worship movement and Lydia and Josh and and the team and everybody. So, uh, anyway, everybody say this I'm too blessed blessed. to be stressed. stressed. Say, I'm too anointed. To be disappointed. disappointed. You guys like that one, don't you? Yeah. Hopefully you've heard it, but if not. All right. A few weeks ago, Noah brought a really fun word and he was talking about this naked crazy man. All right. You guys remember that word from Noah? Naked, naked crazy homeless man or naked crazy man. I forget what you called him. But uh, at any rate, in Luke 8, 35 through 39, in, in this section of scripture that, that Noah was talking about, was awesome. This demon-possessed, outcast man, homeless guy, going around probably terrorizing, stinky, all this stuff, right? Jesus delivers him. The demons fled him, going to these, these pigs. And I love my favorite quote of the day. It was the biggest bacon travesty in the universe. The pigs dive off the, the cliff, right? So I want to I just start from the end of that scripture that Noah talked about, because he provoked us and me and, and Lydia at the same time was saying, hey, we're going into the song I Thank God. It'd be cool to share testimonies. And I was like, perfect timing. The youth are getting back from youth camp. So after I speak just for a little bit today, we're going to allow the youth to share their stories from their transformations, breakthroughs, and uh, stories this week. So at any rate, uh, he, he said at the end of his message, he's talking about, he pulls up a map, and Noah showing like where are you and how are you reaching your neighbors and he says who he, he I wrote this question down who needs to hear my story that's what he challenged us with who who out there needs to hear my story and we're going to get into some fancy words and christianese like testimony right we are define all this but who needs to hear my story because there are people around you that need to hear your story there are people around you like nicole was talking about that are hopeless that have fear that have shame and they need to hear your story a breakthrough to lead them to the hope of Jesus to lead them to the breakthrough of Jesus, the transformation of Jesus, the the joy of Jesus, because he is the only true source of all of this that will be lasting for eternity, that will last on this earth, the abundant life that he promises. So so who needs to hear your story? So we get to Luke 8 and near the end of what Noah's reading, the man who had been freed from the demons begged to go with Jesus, but Jesus sent him home saying this, no, go back to your family and tell them everything God has done for you. So he went all through the town proclaiming the great things Jesus had done for him. When God does good things, we want to proclaim it. We want to, we want to shout it from the rooftops, right? We want to be a walking billboard for the goodness of Jesus because if he's done something in me, he can do something in somebody else. I'll get into this a little bit more in a minute, but there's these and suddenly moments, these but God moments where where Saul was walking and he's on this road to Damascus and all of a sudden an encounter with the Messiah, an encounter with Jesus, an encounter with Holy Spirit transformed his very being and who he was, rewired his theology, rewired of who he was and where he was called to be. And all of a sudden Saul became known as Paul. There's these, and suddenly, he took a guy like me that was an adulterer, a cheater, an abuser, a drunk, right? And, and suddenly, I encountered the presence of Jesus. But suddenly, something happened where I experienced Jesus in a loving, new, fresh, fire way that i had never known existed before. Yeah. And all of a sudden, now, that's my testimony. Now, that's my story for his glory. And now, suddenly, something has changed to where now, now I'm not some atheist, I'm a revivalist. Yeah. Everybody has a story. Everybody in this room has a story. You're you're here today, and because you're here today, you have a story. It's different for each of us, right? And maybe some of you and some of us, we're in the midst of another story. You're in the midst of another testimony. And let me just tell you and remind you this. In the future, you're going to have another one, and another one, and another breakthrough, and another breakthrough, and another testimony, and another miracle, and another healing, and another person in your family coming to Jesus. A testimony is a seed that leads to other fruitfulness and other testimonies. A testimony is also a prophecy because it's saying what he's done, what he's doing, and what he's going to continue to do because my God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Miracles don't cease, right? His goodness doesn't just run out. His love never fails, that's, that's these testimonies so we get to Revelation 12 and, and there's two keys that the Revelation points out and John the Beloved is, is telling us there's two keys to victory and verse 11 says this it says and they overcame him by the blood of what? the lamb and what? the word of their testimony that and they did not love their lives to death so, so here's the thing there's two ways that we overcome there's two ways we're made overcomers there's two ways to victory here by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony let me reword that there's two ways that we're made victorious by what he did on the cross and what he's still doing in us two ways what jesus did his blood what the price he paid he's already won it all (laughs) i don't know about you but i've read all of revelation and we win culture's crazy right now society's nuts right now right so much going on so much turmoil you don't know what to believe you don't know what's truth what's science what's fact what's not i know this god's good this media station may say something this media station may say something but my word is the absolute truth this is the absolute truth jesus is good and when i don't know what to believe i know how to worship and i know how to share my story I had a friend in, in Chicago, a really good friend JD, and once he challenged me, we, uh, as you can tell our church is very young, and we, we reach a lot of young people, a lot of unreached young people, and a lot of, a lot of kids, this might be their first experience of church here uh, since they were little babies or kids or ever, and it's really fun. So JD has a, had a similar circumstance with their young people in Chicago and, and uh, in Oak Park where he's at. And, and he says, can you, Aaron, share your story in less than five minutes without using church language and quoting scripture? I was like, whoa, that's, that's challenging. But what, and, and I'm not saying you always have to do that because we're gonna get in here that our story is for our brothers and sisters around us and also for those in the body. But, but here's the thing, there are times where I'm meeting somebody like me that's an atheist and when I quote scripture, it means nothing to them in that moment yet. They've not had that and suddenly or that but God moment. So to them, this is maybe a good historical book at best. It's a good piece of literature. It's not come alive yet in them. So how can I lead them to the Jesus and the author of this word rather than just quoting the word of God, but lead them to the God of the word? So how can I do this? I share my story, I share about the breakthrough, I share about how I was an alcoholic and now I'm free. I'm free to run, I'm free to dance, I'm free to sing for him, right? The things we're saying. I came out of that grave. I was dead to sin, now I'm alive in Christ. Many of you are with me. So how do I reach that? By the blood of the lamb, reflecting and honoring and acknowledging and knowing what he did and what he's still doing in us, the word of my testimony. Let me break that down just for a little bit. The word uh, is literally translated from the Greek word logos, something said, a divine expression, the word. That's the word, a divine expression of something said, of our testimony. Testimony is from the Greek word martyria evidence given a record or witnessed. So something that's happened in me that is a divine expression of who he is and did something in me that changed something in me that I couldn't change myself. I couldn't get free myself. I couldn't get, I was depressed and suicidal. That was me at my best effort of trying to fix myself. And I don't know about you, but I got tired. I got tired of the party. I got tired of the hatred. I got tired of the emptiness. I got tired of not having purpose but God. And suddenly, so now I have this, this thing by the word of our testimony, our story for his glory. So what's a testimony? It's the church term for our story, for what he's done in our life. And it's a seed. It's a seed that leads to promise. It's a seed that leads to purpose. It's a seed that leads to fulfillment of something greater than what I'm in now. And like I said, this becomes a prophecy for the people around you. I love it. It's bragging on Jesus. Let's just put it that way. It's bragging on Jesus. It's bragging on this good Savior, on this good Lord, of this powerful healer healer, and Messiah and the Prince of Peace and the Mighty One, the one that saved my marriage. That's who I get to wear this billboard for. It's bragging on Him. If you found a chiropractor, a doctor, or, or, or a dietitian, or somebody in this realm of fixing our physical body and you had an ailment or a disease or, or an issue or, or something broken or something and all of a sudden you go to this, this person this, this man or woman and, and they help you and they, you see extreme immediate breakthrough I had back pain, I went in, they popped me 37 times I felt a little weird but then I walked out feeling great without pain you're going to tell everybody you know about that chiropractor and then all of a sudden their business is going to grow Dr. Annie Thompson, right? Some of us go to her in here. She's a believer, she's awesome, right? She pops me right into place, I feel great, I tell everybody about her, she's not even taking new patients anymore. And this has been going on for years. It started, her first year of practice, she sponsored our 5K. We tell, well, Jesus is the great physician, and if he does something in my life, I should be proclaiming him way more than I do a chiropractor or a doctor or a person that helps me get fit or whatever, right? that's great that's awesome yeah get people help in every way they need it correct but Jesus man this should be this giant billboard somebody gets a new car they bring come on come on smell it what's that smell like yeah that's off-gassing plastics smells amazing doesn't it yes There's something about a new car smell right we've experienced once or twice so it's it's awesome but here's the deal, like, like we're taking people, like, look at this, isn't this awesome? A new house, it's great, the Lord's blessed you, awesome. Now, how's he getting famous in that process? We should be bragging about him more than anything. There's no thing or person or, or issue that gave me more peace than the peace of Jesus, more joy than the joy of Jesus, more hope than the hope of Jesus. I wanna exploit him. Amen. Daniel references doing great exploits. Let me move on here, because I wanna hear the youth. Philippians one twelve says this. Now I want to know, brothers and sisters, that what has happened to me has actually served the advancement of the gospel. Last week I talked about the, the message title I think we ended up with was um, Life is Good, Repent. <laughs> Life is Good, Repent. So it was talking about Paul and we were in 2 Corinthians, I believe 11, where he's talking about, man, I was shipwrecked, I was beaten, I was stoned this many times, I was, I was, I was whipped, right? And we're like, but... And in all of that i also worry about the church so he goes through this whole list of things and and then i was like hoo, my bat issue is minimal compared to what paul went through right and so here what he's saying in philippians is that was what happened to me has actually been used to advance the gospel let me just say this before i knew jesus i worked on my testimony for a really long time I got a pretty good one now, (laughs) because I was stubborn, I was selfish, I was self-absorbed, and I was hopeless. So I worked on this testimony with a lot of arrests, and even a day in my dad's kid jail. Like, he literally was the warden of a juvenile detention center, and I got to spend a day or two with my dad, behind bars. I worked on my testimony, right? So Paul's saying, everything I went through is actually to advance the gospel. So some of these things are, are, are just issues. Some of them are hardships. James 1, 2 says, count all joy the trials you go through because it's building character, it's building something. Perseverance, faith, right? These, these things that are being built. In our story, those things are built. Now, now I would have done a whole lot of things different. Teens don't, don't see me and be like, I could do all that and then still end up there. Yeah, by the grace of God, I stand here. Amen. Barely missing death multiple times by the grace of God, I'm here feeling like, man, I'm the least of these. Why me? Gideon, like, man, I'm the least of these and we're the least of the tribes. Why me? Like, I'm not the right one. But I stand here knowing that my story is going to impact, man, James Cullen. Is James in here today? Is he helping with kids? James is starting up this, this, this addiction group and this group of, of men. There he is. James is here because he came to a small group that Nick and I started that we thought we were going to reach firemen, police officers, and corrections officers. All right. And and all of a sudden we start this men's group and it's addicts and drug addicts and drug dealers and former convicts and those who are still in prison, getting out of prison. And pretty soon we had 30 guys that I was scared of all of them. But God was using the nuggets of my story to be able to relate to them, to say, man, I I know what addiction was like. I know what it was to be a number in a system, a judicial system. I know what that was like to face shame when my dad was having to take me in front of a judge and embarrass him in front of his colleagues. I, I know some of that. I know what it was to let down my parents. But God. But then suddenly... Now, James, he, he, he got reached because I was real and I was sharing my story and I was real with it. And I was authentic and genuine and transparent. And say, man, I, I was there, man. There's hope. There's a different way out. There's a different solution. There's a, there's a different Jesus than the judgmental one that you knew as a kid, man. There's a different Jesus who loves you, who's, who loves you unconditionally. That's not holding your past against you, but it has this incredible destiny from your history. Let me, let me move on. Matthew 5, 13 through 16 says this, and I'm just going to like go through micro machine commercial here for the rest of this. You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt has lost its taste, how shall its saltiness be restored? It's no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. You have a story that God is still in process working through. You still have this story becoming perfected and like him in his image. Okay? You are the salt and the light of the earth. You are the flavor to the people around you. You are the hope. You are the different kind of person that's set apart, like last week, for the people around you. And it goes on to say this. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do people light a lamp and put it under their basket but on a stand. And it gives light to all all the house. In the same way, let your light shine before men or others... And so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who's in heaven. Let me just remind you that your testimony isn't just what you say, it's actually also how you present yourself and what you do. It's not just talking the talk, it's walking the walk. I'm piggybacking off of last week a little bit. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. It's not just saying, yep, God's good. No, what in your life reveals that God's good? Man, God convicts me and pulls me out of sin and allows me to repent, to turn away from, to bring me back home to the Father. What in your life has revealed that? Because are you still dipping in this stuff? Are you still riding that fence? like I'm all in because Jesus had an and suddenly moment in my life. Now I get to brag about it. We, we were camping recently and we posted w- uh, with the girls and like they had sparklers at the campfire and I put the song like on the Insta story, right? Because the, the Insta story just has to like, has to be right, right? <laughs> all the moving stuff, the right song, just like has to be good. I, I do more Insta stories now than I do posts and it's just fun. Zach's like, yeah, me too. <laughs> Making fun of me. So anyway, I put this little light of mine I'm gonna let it shine. That was the song on the Insta story. And some, some person replied from Mexico and said, who said you had a little light? Whoever said that? We sing this song, we teach our kids growing up to sing this song, this little light. No, it's a giant light and his name's Jesus. This big light of mine, we get to let it shine for an entire region to see, for an entire nation to see. Right? It's not this little light that might glimmer this little thing, no, it's a big, b- bright spotlight. Like, if you think about the sun, the sun, how blazing hot and bright it is. And now think about the sun and how blazing hot and bright he is in my life and my heart. He's an all-consuming fire, and he's consumed every bit of me. I want him to get out. All right, let's, let's finish this. Luke 17. It's, it's funny what, te- what our testimony is. Like Let, let me just... I, we, were, we went to youth camp and I heard the, the pastor speak and I was like, man, I can totally relate what Mark was saying. He's like, it's not, he said, it's not testimoning, it's, it's testimony. Like sometimes we, we wanna, it's not, it's not fussing it's testifying, okay? Like, and I remember having open testimonies at our, at our church when I was like, let me just say, if you had the privilege of growing up in a Pentecostal church when you were a little kid, glory to God, that was fun, all right? And, and hopefully our kids will have some stories about the fun, creative things we do in here. But, but I grew up in like a, a full-blown Pentecostal church as a kid. And when you're like 10, 12 years old, you remember these things. I can't even repeat some of the testimonies that were said in open testimony. Wednesday nights and even sometimes on Sundays, it would be open testimony service. I remember even in Upper Room a few years ago, my dad still had open testimony service. And I remember there was this guy there, he worked at a fast food restaurant. And he's like, "I want to, Donna, where are you here for this one? So Cheryl will probably remember a few of the old timers. Sweet guy, love him dearly. And he raises his hand, he's like, I just wanna thank God. I was at work, and they all threw trash on me. They threw a bag of trash. And I was like, dear Lord, why is that a testimony? And, and then all of a sudden, we just start praying for him. Like, man, you poor man, like, God bless you. Like, man, we're gonna pray for you and love you and surround you with love. That was not a testimony, that was testimonying. Like, there's this thing where so many of our testimonies, they became prayer requests, I would say 90% of them turn, like glory to God. There was this one lady growing up in the church and and," and Cheryl's like, don't even say any of them. Nicole's like, no, I want to so bad, y'all. I do. They were so amazing. Okay, not gonna do it. They weren't testimonies. It was crazy. It was weird. And I'm like, Anyway, testimony is something that testifies of the goodness of God. When, you're, when, you're, when somebody asks you how your day is, you're a believer, you got Christ in you, the hope of glory. So how are you? Oh, I'm surviving a day, another day. Or, ah, oh, yeah, one of those, you know? No, like, man, I'm good. I'm the light of Jesus. I'm amazing, it's good, it's a good day. I'm alive, I'm breathing. I woke up today and I was actually alive. I woke up today. I got coffee. I've worked out. Like this is a great day, right? That's my like wins for the day. I woke up. My wife was next to me. We have a great marriage. This is awesome. I get to testify, not test a fuss of His goodness. Oh, yeah. I'm going to skip the, the context of scripture there because I just want to leave it for the youth. Um, but I want to I want to say this. And, testifying testimonies are so linked to thankfulness and maybe i'll get into this one of the next weeks but you have the lepers the 10 lepers and only one actually praised jesus and thanked him for it only one was was had took the time to to kind of soak in that and know that it was the goodness of jesus that did something about it and jesus acknowledges him and he says go your faith has made you well and he blesses him and sends him and anytime jesus sends us it's with purpose It reminds me of the spies and the perspective because when we testify and we enter his heart with thankfulness all of a sudden our perspective changes and we don't see problems we see a promised land we've got the Joshua Caleb lenses on and we see a promised land when everybody else is seeing problems around us yesterday I told my wife I was like man I, I it took three hours to just spray and kill weeds around my trees and stuff on our property And and I could sit here and moan and groan. I had three hours of work and sweat and just wanted to hang out in the pool and spend time with my kids. I decided to listen to podcasts and preaching and catch up on some fun things and call some people I haven't called in a while and, and listen to some worship. And I tell you what, that was a wonderful three hours with Jesus. I focus on that rather than the three hours of labor and work I had to do. And I am splitting wood and all kinds of stuff. And it's like, yeah, I sharpened an ax. And as I'm sharpening the axe, I take a picture because I remember what Leif Hetland had told us about how you can spend time sharpening an axe versus trying to take a dull axe to all these trees and how effective the kingdom and God is and when we focus our right attention on the right things, right? And I begin to remember these stories and just reflect on that. And what an amazing time of a testimony now of my three hours of working with Jesus rather than just moaning and groaning. Let me, let me finish this up with this scripture. Kids ready? Youth Ready? good good I'm glad to hear you all say yes I received that I heard yes in the spirit did you all hear that I drove one of the church vans back one of the beautiful church vans back and the air worked front and back they rode smooth Micah right they rode smooth the brakes worked anyway I started giving them advice and I because I remember being a teenager coming home for camp and my mom and dad would just ask me all these questions. And I'm like tired, exhausted. You, you kind of like have this crash. It's the, it's the youth camp, it's the conference, it's the missions trip crash, like after everything. All your extroverted time has been exhausted. Now it's crash time, right? So I said, hey guys, do this. Would you guys like some advice? They're like, yes. I was like, cool, I'm giving it. So I was like, just do this. Your parents are gonna wanna know how you were impacted this week. So just, just push in for 10 more minutes. When you get home, push in for 10 more minutes and tell them all about it because probably they helped you pay for it. They helped you go there. They've been wondering how it's been all week. So parents, I hope you got to have a little time with your kids and they listen, at least the girls. I only had the girls bus, so I don't know what the boys did. But Psalms twenty-two, twenty-two says this. Last thing I'm gonna say. It says, I will proclaim your name to my brothers and sisters. I will praise you among your assembled people. I will praise you. I will acknowledge God to those around me and those in church with me. I will, I will praise you. I will give thanks. I will testify. I will give my testimony. I will share my story with my neighbor, with my coworker, with, with my, uh, the person serving me dinner or whatever it might be. And, and then I will also bring this to the church and strengthen the church by the encouragement of testimony. That's what we're gonna do today. But let me just remind you that your testimony isn't just for you. That's what this boils down to. Your testimony is not just for you. Your testimony was meant for others to glorify Jesus. Kids, you didn't just go to youth camp for you okay it's selfish to think and to even complain that youth camp wasn't good or I got this or that like you weren't there just for you you were there for the strengthening of your entire youth group for your school for your home when you get home for the friends around you your youth group and your youth camp and all that it's not just for you the, the ministers and the, the mentors and those that have been along the way in my life since my process and since my surrender has been astronomical. And their yes has led to a better me. Like specifically the youth camp we went to in Bethel in, in Indiana there, they took time on a weekend 14, 15 years ago to meet a couple that they've never met before my dad and their dad were friends 30 40 years ago and my dad sent my wife and i to this church to see what they had going on in their youth group and they took an entire weekend and invested into us just to meet us and that led i was an atheist going into that weekend and i came out a son of jesus i came out a child of god i came out a believer i came out christian redeemed and saved and set free in one encounter Their yes wasn't wasn't a yes for them to get to know me, to get something. Their yes was sacrificial that led to a transformed life that's led to now what we're seeing and experiencing in this region. Your yes and your story isn't just for you. Don't be selfish. When you come to church, you're not coming to church just for you. you. When you come to the altar, when you lift your hands to worship, listen, that is to glorify. That's ministry unto the Lord. That's not for you. That's for him. And then we get to take this out to the people around us. Your yes, your story is meant to shine glory to him and make him famous so that others may catch a seed, a glimpse of his goodness.